The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five! High Five! Casino! Casino! Win at High Five Casino! High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X. And modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You ready to check your feelings at the door? Check it out. Check it out. This is Am I Reister or Am I Raw? We're bringing you facts and only the truth. Now, Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? I'm George Reister with Ralph Amsden. And thank you guys for joining us today at the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute daily fire, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door before you even show up, because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. And if you guys want to shoot us an email, I'm Matt, I-M-M-A-D at unafraidshow.com. And also, uh, you guys can hit us up. You guys can text us, 818-293-7547, 818-293-7547. And yeah, so today up, Cole Beasley goes on an airplane and ends up in like Twitter jail, uh, reprimanded by the Twitter mob. You have Terry Stotts. He does something in a game that we must debate that happened in the Portland Trailblazers Phoenix Suns game last night. Challenging with 2.4 seconds left. How silly was this? Um, New term we've learned. Geriatric millennial. Guess who falls into that category? This guy. Are you a geriatric millennial too? I am. They said anyone born between 80 and 85. And so that um, I'm in it. 
All right. Um, and then the Pac-12 gets a new commissioner. Every other conference better be on notice. The Pac-12 is back and it started yesterday. And of course, cancel or consequence and the best of social media. You don't want to miss it today. And your Twitter and um, your email questions and uh, Twitter stuff and all of that as well. But I guess we'll start today with Terry Stotts. With the Portland Trailblazers, they played my my Phoenix Suns last night. Whoa. <laughs> what? <laughs> they played my my Phoenix Suns last night. And um, because Ralph is not claiming them. And so, you know, he's not giving them the proper love because I said Chris Paul should be the MVP. He's he's fighting me on this. I don't understand how a Phoenix Sun could fight fan could fight me on this. So apparently I'm more of a Phoenix Suns fan than Ralph is. But but um, last last night it was going toward the end of the game. My boy D book De, um Devin Booker, he's driving down and he gets fouled. It looks like his 0.9 seconds left to go on the clock. And who was it that some, somebody from the Blazers re- reached in and fouled him? I think it was Norman Norman Powell, but that's non-consequential. And Terry Stotts, Portland head coach, he calls for a challenge. Mind you, he only has one timeout left at this point. It says 0.9 seconds on the clock. They're up by one point and you have they're going and Devin Booker is going to go shoot free throws. And he uses a challenge on what, you know, like it's hard for them to reverse fouls. Right. Especially if there's any contact and there was clearly contact. So he used his challenge and then the refs put 2.4 seconds on the clock. They have no timeouts and they got to get their only hope at this point is a half court shot. And I said that was the wrong move. I thought that they should have kept the timeout even with 0.9 seconds left because in the NBA, you can advance the ball to half court. You got Dame Lillard. I don't mind taking a, a long three point shot with Dame Lillard with the game on the line. And that's not what he chose to do. And it baffled me. Yeah, I'm the whole end of this game was very confusing to me um, because the Suns had the ball down one with five seconds left and Devin Booker double dribbled, which then he argued the call, but he picked the ball up and dribbled again. I mean, it was it was obvious. And so that put the Suns in a position where they had to foul down one and they did. And Portland missed both free both free throws. And so I think maybe it's possible that we're paying a little bit too much attention to Terry Stotts when they should have in that situation been up at least two or three points. Devin Booker pulls up for the game winner. The foul call was iffy. I, I, I hated the way the whole. He end stuck of the game his hand around. in there, though. I mean, like, so they, they couldn't not take the they couldn't take the foul back because he stuck his hand in there. Yeah, yeah. They could have swallowed their whistles on it. But once the foul was called, I think that was it. 
I mean, th- th- it was not going to get overturned. And then you have the opportunity in that situation to call timeout, move the ball to half court, and you'll have less than a second left debatably. This is the interesting part. You'll have less than a second left, but you're the Blazers and you have Damian Lillard. And the most famous shot in Blazers history is probably Damian Lillard hitting a game winner with 0.9 seconds left. So calling a challenge right there, calling challenges at all in the NBA is just something that I, I don't enjoy. It's not an enjoyable thing. I don't think it makes the gameplay better. I don't think they get more things right. Um, that way, I just I don't think it improves the overall enjoyability of the game, and I think it should be done away with. But so he calls a challenge, and there's only 0.9 seconds left. So the the assumption was, if he gets the challenge, game over, Blazers win. If he loses the challenge, game over, Blazers lose because he doesn't have a timeout left. Yeah. But in the course of the challenge, they move it from 0.9 seconds left to 2.4 seconds left, and that's where you kind of lose me a little bit. So like. They got something wrong. It wasn't the foul call. It wasn't what he was challenging, but they did get something wrong. Well, they were going to fix the time anyway. They always do that, even without a challenge. Yeah, I guess. So you're saying if Terry Stotts had just called timeout, that they would have given a second, 1.6 seconds back. Yes. No, 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 no. Even with, with, without it, they would have checked the time on the clock like they always do at the end of the game. They always do okay. that. Yeah, then he he definitely made the wrong call, but as um, that there's a, a, a Twitter account, a basketball Twitter account that a lot of people follow, at Dane Gatto, he, he put it kind of the way that I feel. He said, gotta fire Terry Stotts. He can't miss free throws like that. Come on, bro. <laughs> That's like, funny. And I, and I felt that way. I was like, okay, well, he didn't miss those free throws. Yeah. Like the pl- But at the same time, somebody's got to be accountable. And, and on May 5th, which is just over a week ago, Shams was out here saying that, that Terry Stotts is on the hot seat. Yeah. that But that's silly to me considering that their defense was supposed to be their worst thing, and now they're playing good defense. And Nurkic was hurt the beginning of the season all last year. Then you had, well, the end of last year. And you had uh, C.J. McCollum miss significant time. The team's not in the playoff play-in as of now. I don't know what more you could expect this dude to, to possibly do. But, you know, I, I digress. So, 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 the, I mean, so, so the whole question is, no, go on. Would you, if you were teetering back and forth between whether or not you're going to keep him on board, would this be the decider for you? No, no, man. That was just an in-game blunder. I mean, but there is some sense about it is he's like, yo, maybe this challenge is our only chance to win. But they're still currently the sixth seed. Yeah. They're currently like they're they're like six and two or something crazy like that since shams and bleacher report also came out and said that they might fire him for jason kidd but i mean since then since then they beat the jazz who have the number one record in the nba they dropped 140 on the rockets they beat the spurs they beat the lakers they beat the Cavs by 40 
The only loss, the only loss that they have since that tweet came out is to Phoenix. And it was by one point. And, and honestly, Terry Stotts wouldn't have been in the situation to blow it the way that he did if they had just made their free throws. Well, and well, and that's where people can consistently they want to fire coaches. They're like, oh, yeah, the fire somebody. That's got to be the the answer. No, sometimes it's just you got to play better. Um, but there was some news that just came out, Ralph, some news that just came out. We have not prepped for this. So I'm just letting you oh, know. And we must talk about it because we spent a lot of time talking about Tim Tebow. Oh, boy. We've spent a lot of time talking about Tim Tebow and how this is, I called it nepotism with with him and Urban Meyer. I was like, this is the varsity blues version of coaching, right? Okay. And so Kelvin Benjamin, former first round pick is now at a rookie mini camp tryout with the New York Giants. And people are going to equate these as the same. They're like, look at Kelvin Benjamin. Look look at uh, him. He's out there playing. Joe Judge gave him a shot. The difference is, is that Kelvin Benjamin was always two biscuits away from being a tight end while he was Come in the on. NFL. He was, dude. He was he was always teetering on being out of shape or or at least big, right? And mind you, this is a man who's caught 209 NFL passes and 20 touchdowns over the course of his career. He's caught 73 passes, 63 passes, 48, and now he's trying to transition to tight end because he can't keep his weight down, and somebody gave him an opportunity at a rookie minicamp. These things are not alike. Tim Tebow was a quarterback, hadn't played since 2012 in an NFL game, as opposed to Kelvin Benjamin, 2018. These things are not the same. He's used to physicality, contact, way more than a quarterback is. And guess what? He's not 33. He's not 33. He just turned 30. This is completely different. Yeah. I mean, he, he hasn't played in two years, right? Yep. Um, he When he finished that final season half with Buffalo, which I was excited about when Buffalo took a chance on him because he has an enormous catch radius. And that was when we were still debating whether or not Josh Allen was accurate. <laughs> so I, Hey, 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 I'm not, hey, yo, Josh, Josh Allen has to do it again. He did yeah. it. If you do it once, it's an accident. You do it twice. Then, you know, Right. Oh, he did it plenty over the course of a full season. So I think we know who he is. No, but I, I don't ex- yet. Okay. Okay. Right. But you know who the Suns are, but you don't know who Josh Allen is. You're all over the place. Um, so I would say that I would say that I was I was very excited, and then it became pretty clear that um, he just wasn't what he what he was with Carolina, um, and. 
and you know the issues with being out of shape ever since he because his rookie year he was a monster and then he tore he tore his acl and then he just had a hard time staying in shape after taking a year off and i I definitely know what that's like so i'm I'm not gonna hate on him for for uh liking to eat but um it's your job to stay in shape but he hasn't played in two years and even in 2018 he had the worst I think it was the worst catch rate in the league of anyone. It was like one in three targets. He'd catch the ball. Uh, um, yeah, that's about right. Cause he had on the year, he had 67 targets and 25 catches. Yeah. So, so that's, that's almost three to three, three to one. That's eight, eight targets away from three to one. Yeah, so he 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 was struggling anyway. Um, how many players, George, do you know that have successfully moved from wide receiver to tight end? <clears throat> Only a couple. Uh, Ernest Wilford did it. Um, wide receiver out of Virginia Tech, who the new Pac-12 commissioner hates, and um. <laughs> There, there, there have been a couple, but like it, it usually has to be a big guy who's already kind of teetering on that, you know, uh, on, yeah, on I've that seen, line already. I've seen guys do it, but they were like practice squad guys who remained practice squad guys. So like Jarrell Robinson from Arizona State, he moved from wide receiver to tight end, but it, it's, it didn't matter. He still was you know, like four years of practice squad before he, he ended up out of the league. Um, there have been some tweener tight ends that were primarily receivers. Who's that guy that Denver used to use a lot? Um, the the year they went to the Super Bowl, I believe. Byron they Chamberlain? Had a, maybe, maybe. I know the Broncos had a, had a, had a tweener um, that, but he was always a tight end. And so, I almost feel like the the there are more quarterbacks who have had success at tight end than there are receivers that have had success at tight end. I'm agreeing with you that it's not equivalent, but at the same time, just because Calvin Benjamin was a big receiver doesn't mean that he could do the things that you need correct. a tight end to do. Cor- cor- correct. I just think that because he is so big, like he was he was playing at 245. So, you know. What did he come in at? What did he come in at? Was it 230 or something yeah. like that? Yep. Yeah, and th- then he grew. So, yeah. So, I-, I think that his transition is actually more likely to be successful than Tim Tebow's. And these things are not alike. I know there's a lot of people. Oh, see, look, everybody wants to crank claim this angle on Tim Tebow. How about Kelvin Benjamin? It's not the same. He's three. He's three. Actually, four years younger, really, because he'll be because Tim Tebow will be 34 by the time the season starts. You you could actually have a couple serviceable years with him at tight end. He clearly has a good catch radius and proven that he can catch balls in the NFL. So there's a total difference. Like one thing is like, okay, if he can block, then, you know, that he can at least run and catch against linebackers instead of against corners. Hmm. Now you may have put him where he needed to be. All right. One to a hundred. What percentage chance do you give Tim Tebow to, to contribute to an NFL roster in 2021? 
What's the definition of contribute? Like 20, 15 to 20 snaps a game. Mm, Even if it's special teams. I'm going to give it uh, regularly appearing on a 53 on the 45 active. Oh, I'm going to give it like a a half a percent chance. Uh, I I think and that half a percent is just actually I'll give it a one percent chance. And that one percent chance is Urban Meyer shoehorning it in. Okay, And so what about Calvin Benjamin? Give him a 20 percent chance. That's fair. I mean, on the Calvin Benjamin and I honestly like. I'm I'm trying to keep an open mind about the Tim Tebow thing. Like I, maybe he shows up and shows that he could do it, but you don't you don't know until you know. But then again, like my track record with stuff like this, I I was when the Minnesota Vikings brought Brock Lesnar in, I was like, sure, why not? Let's see what he can do. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. I'm always I'm always willing to say like you're gonna get you're gonna be given the opportunity to prove it. Um, and I'm okay. I'm okay with people having the opportunity to prove it. Yeah. And if they fail, they fail. Yep. Uh, the next thing up, there is a new term that is being coined. It's called geriatric millennial. And I've the, the I've heard the word geriatric more recently than anybody probably uh, than most women would want to um, <laughs> admit because we just had a baby. And my wife is over 35. And anytime you have a baby over the age of 35, it's called a geriatric pregnancy. And they don't like that term very much. No, they do not. (laughs) And so now you have the term geriatric millennial. And what that means is somebody born between the age of uh, the years of 1980 and 1985. And that's in between what the boomers and the millennials right the gen gen x which okay. you just did you just did the thing that gen xers hate which is forget that they exist okay so, so gen x it goes boomers x millennial and then whatever comes next the zoomers i don't care okay, about the kids. exactly exactly so so now right so yes. i had read previously about that particular year group But I had seen it from like 79 to 84, but 80 to 85, whatever. Right. And they segregate that group out because they're saying that that is a group of people who lived in a unique time. Like I still remember when television went off. You know, what I mean, like when when it would be snow at the end of the night, when television would literally it would be like, okay, you have to go to bed because Unless you want to listen to the radio, it's over. And um, and then, but then also when I got into high school, actually middle school AOL came out, but there was still nothing really to do online. So, so much, it, you, you know, um, you could go and then, but then when I got into high school, AOL was big, but also chat rooms, all that stuff. I learned how to fish in there, all sorts of things, all sorts of things that you're not supposed to learn how to do. Um, And so I'm part of the generation. And so is Ralph of where the Internet was not part of our life. Right. Right. And then all of a sudden in high school, it becomes a huge part of your life. You're you're like, oh, snap, there's this Internet thing like 
where you had encyclopedias and then you could Google things and, and search them on, you know, whatever browser that you were using at the time or search engine that was the biggest at the, at the time. And then, you know, like we didn't have I didn't have a cell phone until I was a sophomore in college. And that was right. like normal. That was normal behavior. And now my second to youngest kid is nine years old and he's had a cell phone for a year. I can't imagine him not having a cell phone and me not being able to communicate with him. So yes. it's totally changed. So that that's the difference. That's so, where this geriatric millennial comes in. Right. And you, you and I both fit the definition of, of what they were calling geriatric millennial. First of all, let's just get down to it. What, what is, how did that term hit you? Were you okay with it? Yeah, I was fine. It was like old ass, <laughs> old ass millennial. <laughs> That's what I thought. Old ass millennial. Yeah. I was doing some some uh, some labor intensive housework this morning, and now my entire body hurts. And uh, I had a back spasm right before we started recording today. Because <laughs> you're a geriatric millennial, yeah, and it, it just and I'm like, okay, we're going to talk about this geriatric millennial thing, and I'm going to complain about it mid back spasm. Like, I, I've got nothing here. But I will say it is interesting because um, the the generation of millennials is typically put between it's like 1980 to 1996. That's that's the millennials. Yeah. And I, and I think what makes me OK with the term geriatric millennial is if you get into some of the stuff that that uh, people were into in 1996 versus in 2005, 2006, like that's a world of difference. And, and yeah. we're supposed to be the same generation as those people like our person that dominated the conversation in 95 96 was michael jordan theirs was lance armstrong right like yeah we had oregon trail they had motorola razors like yes. that, that's that's insane dude, dude, to me dude when when i was young i i would play where in the world is carmen san diego on my auntie's computer on floppy disk bro on floppy right. disk and that's the and 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 this is so crazy how technology, you know, fits in tra transitions and all of that, because I remember we had a CD player b before I left Memphis. So this is like 89. My dad bought a CD player. And then we were playing CDs and mind you, C CDs are still. I mean, I, I guess they have some use now, but cars don't even come with CD players any anymore. Like that, like that's the the uh, generation that that we're at. And my nine year old son, I'm not even sure if he's going to get a driver's license. I mean, really think, think about it. The way that self-driving cars are evolving. They can stop at lights now. They can see them, all of this stuff. Who's to say that seven years from now that he will even need a driver's license? Like that's the. That's the crazy part about it. That's how far that we've come. But for for sure, I'm pretty damn sure that my two year old won't need a driver's license or won't even have the ability to get one.
it's very possible. It's crazy to think how fast things move. Like, and I'm, I mean, just looking at some of the technology things and like ringback tones in 2005. Yes. Right. But even, even the fashion stuff, like in, in 95, it was Doc Martens. And by 2005, it was Uggs. We're all still technically millennials. Like the people that were, that, that were, uh, you know, going through, going through, uh, puberty in, in 96, uh, in like 94 to 96 versus 2004 to 2006. But that doesn't mean that we have anything in common whatsoever. So like, I think compared to some of those people who are not kids, I almost said kids, maybe, maybe they probably consider us geriatric and I'm okay with that. Yeah. And that is a okay with me as well. Um, there was more news, dude, yesterday. So we recorded the Pac-12 Apostles podcast episode. So go check that out. Um, the Pac-12 has a new commissioner and we can keep it brief on this. The, I'm putting every other conference on notice. The Pac-12 is back. 100% back. And so you 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 have had your run. All of that, just enjoy it because the Pac-12 is here. New commissioner in George Kliakoff. I am excited, Ralph. Did you just tell the SEC that they've had their run past tense? Yes. Yes. Okay. That <laughs> well, all right. That, well, well, they still have a couple more years left in being the dominant force because it's going to take a couple years for George Kliakoff to get us where 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 we need to be. Then tapping that ass, everybody. Let so you're saying letting the, you know. the, the SEC is the geriatric conference. Yes, they have had okay. their run. They have had their run. Okay. The Pac-12 is back, homie. We're out of from under Larry Scott's damn dark cloud. Um, yeah, I, I'm consistently suspicious of of authority and. Uh, and I, I, I don't anyone in power. I'm extremely skeptical of, but and this isn't even comparing him to Larry Scott because compared to Larry Scott, like I'd be a good pick <laughs> to be the, the conference commissioner. Um, but I will say that I, I'm, I am cautiously optimistic and and very impressed with the direction the conference decided to go in in putting George Kliakoff in in charge. Yeah, dude, that is an absolute win. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five! High Five! Casino! Casino! Win at highfivecasino.com! High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino! When it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices, things can get complicated fast. Vanta automates compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more, saving you time and money. With Vanta, you can streamline security reviews by automating questionnaires and demonstrating your security posture with a customer-facing trust center. Over 7,000 global companies like Atlassian, Flow Health, and Quora use Vanta to build trust and prove security in real time. Listeners can claim a special offer of $1,000 off Vanta at vanta.com slash special. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash special for $1,000 off Vanta.
AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing. And of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. Oracle.com slash strategic. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And uh, now, guys, it is time for the an amazing segment that we do. It is time for Cancel or Consequence. Do we need to cancel? Cancel. Cancel. cancel? Or is there a justified consequence? Let's find out now. Okay, Ralph, what do we have for cancel or consequence today? All right. Yesterday, uh, Cole Beasley, who has trended on Twitter twice in the last week, the first time because Stefan Diggs pointed out the fact that he was like playing injured all year last year and that and that anybody who knows anything about wide receivers, any NFL wide receiver will tell you that Cole Beasley is like his name belongs amongst the elite, uh, which I thought was a really interesting take because I watched every Bills game last year and you hate watched all the Bills games last year. And I think one of the things that what stood are you out talking to me, about, dude, I'm in on Josh Allen. I was okay. sorry. I was in on Josh Allen last year. He's got to prove it again this year. Okay. How how many weeks in before you decided you were in on Josh Allen? 12? <laughs> hey, yo, he he had such a a long road of ineptitude in, in terms of accuracy <laughs> and bad decisions that, you know, it, t- it took a while for him to, you know. All right. But the one thing and I I I would think that you would agree with me on this is we probably went into the season saying like Josh Allen, maybe the weakness of that offense is will Josh Allen have the receivers there to make up for some of his issues? And then coming out of the season, we're like, oh, my God, Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley might be the best one to punch in the entire NFL. Like they played for him like they were going to die on the battlefield for him every single week. Um, And the one thing that I learned last season is Cole Beasley's a dog like Stephon Diggs is exactly who everybody thought he was. But Cole Beasley, I don't have a comparison for him. I don't have one of those neat little like intra-racial. He's he's Julian Edelman. Yeah, he's his own man. Yeah, I mean, but he's built out of that same stuff, though. The Wes Welker, Julian Edelman. I mean, dude. And I and and I know I'm na- naming white no, guys, right? No, no. But 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 we haven't like had 
a whole lot of the the uh, little wiggle black guy slot slot thing going on. They're 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 working on that though. They're they're okay. working on putting put, put, putting the the, uh, the the white guys out of business in that in that line of work too. Oh yeah, the the, the Arizona Cardinals picked Rondell Moore, and and he's he's throwing his hat into the ring. But I, I will say that I fully disagree with the comparison that you're making right now. But I get it. Um, anyway, Cole Beasley had a monster year last year and he, he ended up trending on Twitter a few days ago for people like saying, yeah, it's, it's about time Cole Beasley gets some respect. And then, <laughs> and then, and then Cole Beasley trends again yesterday, um, because he was on a plane and decided to tweet some stuff. And, and haven't we all been in this Justine Sacco type situation where you tweet something and then shut your phone off uh, and then you and the flight is over and you realize you're getting blown up? Yes. But Cole Beasley, like, Cole Beasley tried to tweet through it, which is fantastic. And I'll read you some of the tweets. Okay, so uh, CNN breaking news. Dr. Anthony Fauci says that people vaccinated against COVID-19 do not need to wear masks outside. We've got to make that transition. He says, Cole Beasley quote tweeted that and said, I do that without being vaccinated. Is this illegal now? To which 800 quote tweets, um, you know, and he said, hey, until we share all the same opinion or belief, we're considered ignorant. I don't understand. You feel how you feel. And I respect that. It doesn't always make me wrong or a bad person because I don't agree with you. He got ratioed on that one, too. Um, And then he follows up with, if you get vaccinated, you are good, question mark. So if I don't, I should pass it on to you regardless. I shouldn't pass it on to you regardless, right, question mark, which he got ratioed for again. That's a serious question. I don't really know how these things work, and I'm not a doctor. And then he, uh, he, someone said, you're building your brand. Please stop getting people worked up. These are easy to research in five minutes, but you chose internet conflict. And he quote tweeted and said, my brand is the least of my worries. I'm not here to kiss anyone's ass. I'm here to be me. And then he said, all the CTE comments we get for speaking by our mind is crazy to me. I can't wait for y'all to tell me how dumb and stupid I am when I'm walking around in the real world. Oh, wait, that never happens. So anyway, (laughs) anyway, so he, he just, he tweeted through it and then he jumped online today after 24 hours of just getting blown up. Um, and, and saying he's going to take a year break from Twitter. He jumped online today to say, I don't have a problem with anybody getting the vaccine. That's your choice. My problem is everyone ridiculing and bullying people on here into getting one or thinking the same way about it. It's becoming that way with any issue. This is not okay. So their, their general manager, Brandon Bean said he would consider cutting players who did and now this is Cole Beasley. So is he willing to cut Cole Beasley? Um, I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. I, I, I think that this would have been a really good conversation for Cole Beasley to have with the front office before he went public. Yes. This is... Um, I, let me let me come out and say first of all, this is definitely cancel culture. The way he's getting blown up right now. Yes, he he should have known better, but it's for sure. It, it's for sure cancel culture. That's that's and cancel culture. This segment that we do, we're acknowledging that like there, that cancel culture and consequence culture are two different things. 
Because a lot of people say cancel culture as an excuse to like excuse themselves from really dumb behavior. Someone speaking their mind, especially somebody saying that I um, I already go outside without a mask on and I'm not vaccinated. Like, so do I. Yeah. If there's nobody else around, Correct. I'm not saying I go like I'm not saying that I like I play in the front yard with my kids all day, every day without a mask. I'm only half vaccinated. I still haven't got the second dose yet. So me and Cole Beasley are the same if that's what he's talking about. If he's talking about going to the grocery store and licking the freezer section door handles, then no, I do not do that. (laughs) Dude, that's what, dude, do I go out in the world without a mask? Yes, if there's nobody else around. But but the reason why I wear a mask even more than anything is because I'm not an asshole. And because I want to make sure everybody's feeling feeling good. And then also I've been around people like like, for instance, my my son had a a, a football game. He had a flag football tournament. The uh, youngest one, nine years old. There are parents around sitting around. Everybody's kind of social distance sitting in there, you know, fold up chairs. And this lady is sitting right behind. It was hilarious, dude. She was sitting behind my son's mom and and her friend and and I'm sitting kind of away and then all of a sudden you hear her friend like excuse me ma'am if you're going to be doing all that coughing can you put on a mask or move and it's like dude like this lady was sitting within 5 feet of this of her coughing behind her which means you're you're coughing you're projecting your you know your spiticles even further (laughs) your oh man dude how mad would you be if somebody were sitting behind you like close to you and coughing without a mask over your shoulder i would not be happy about it for sure like i I would say something yeah but I, I don't know if I, I mean, I, hopefully I'd try to be kind if I was a no, if I was, depends on the mood that I was in really, but I'd try to be kind and understanding. I saw, I heard you react George to when he said, when he tweeted the, all the CTE comments we get for speaking our mind is crazy to me. Why did you react the way you reacted to that? Bro. Cause that's people's go-to. Anytime you say something that people think is either outside of the box or they don't agree with, Oh, you must fucking have CTE. Shut up. Everybody don't have CTE. Some some people are just stupid and some people are just are, are just have a different school of thought than you because of their experience, their 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 life. And you have no like athletes don't have a a normal bar- barometer as for what normal people think and vice versa. But also there's different levels a guy who spent his life at the bottom of the locker room doesn't has more relationship to the normal man than the guy who has always been the highest paid and goes to be a hall of famer. But then sometimes those guys go back down to be at the bottom of the locker room too. So everybody's got this different experience, but people that's their go-to. Oh, 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 he must have CTE. Oh, he got in a fight with somebody. He got in an argument and it's caught on tape. He must have CTE. No man. Maybe he just has poor conflict resolution skills. Maybe he's just like every other person out there when they get mad or upset, sometimes they lose it. That doesn't mean you have CTE fool. 
Yeah, and that, it's a messed up thing to say to people because CTE is an incredibly real and scary thing. Yes, and, and it's scary. And if you had, if if you if there was a way to like verify to like take a blood test or something like that to see if you actually had CTE, and you and 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 you were able to like come out and tell people you had CTE the way that Magic Johnson came out and told people he was HIV positive. How many people would make CTE jokes if they knew somebody had CTE? Like, I don't. I think only the worst of the yes, worst, correct people. And so it's very weird that that's a go to. And it's it makes me think because I, I'm 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 not gonna lie. Like I'm never I don't make the CTE comment to athletes, but there's sometimes when Larry Johnson tweets that I'm like, maybe Herm Edwards shouldn't have given you the rock 450, 450. times in one. <laughs> Dude, dude, Herman, dude, Joey and and Larry are probably besties, bro. Yeah, yeah. Larry, Larry Johnson's a lot, but I wouldn't. The CTE thing is just, uh, uh, yeah, I got you. So as far as his overall point, though, I'm getting vaccinated. My family's getting vaccinated. I've tried not to say anything to anybody who feels like they've done the research and is doing the best thing for them. Personally, I'm starting to get my feelings hurt a little bit by some of my friends on social media who are, who are posting things about not getting the vaccine and that like they're on the right side of history and that anybody who's doing it is an idiot. And it's like, man, I've tried to respect your decision. You're not going to have like, a Please choice. don't make me feel like, yeah, like, please don't make me feel like I, I like, I, I need to speak up to you on this. Like, just let me live and I'm letting you live. Um, and it's also makes me wonder, like, who is your audience? When you post on social media about not getting vaccinated and you're just putting it out into the ether, into the world. Like, who are you talking to? I just want to let everybody know that you guys are weak sheep. And 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 I know that you are. That's the that's the point. And they want to and they know that they are going to get pushback and they don't care. Or they know that they are going to get some people who agree with them. Like they they what they they woke up and chose violence. That's what this is about, dude. They want to make sure that their point of view is is on wax, that it's documented and all that. I think that that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, and I and I I, I do feel for people who take this personally because of personal circumstances. I lost a coworker. I lost a, a great aunt to COVID, and and we have a lot of other people in our life who have who have really suffered because of this, and. You know, when I see stuff like this, I'm like, come on, man, like just th there's a better way that this could, probably could have been handled. And, you know, specifically referring to Cole Beasley in this case, but like, hey, a lot of people went through a lot and you're going to you're you're going to they're going to take it personally. They don't know how to not take it personally. It's very fresh for them. And so maybe there's a better way to handle this. And I do have sympathy for those people. At the same time, I, I still personally, I try to put myself outside of that and say, People are making the decision that they think is best and they're putting thought into it. I'm trying to be optimistic about it. And and as long as they're thinking and trying and trying to be responsible overall, good. You know, but I'm not going to I'm trying not to lose any friends over this. You know? Yeah. 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 And, you know, you have to pick and choose your battles. The following is a high five moment from high five casino dot com. I won. Yahoo! 
private. Put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. Goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. If you're 21 years old and use nicotine or tobacco, I'm here to tell you about Black Buffalo and how it's redefining tradition for millions of adult consumers. So if you're over 21, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults aged 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, um, and now it is time for the best of social media. Now, 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 now. here's the best of social media. We have a bunch of things that are the best of social media. The first one, though, is this. This is a debate, well, I guess you will, um, a picture about what people think about animals, right? <laughs> I know this is weird, but this is what animal could you beat in a fight? And this chart compares women and men and that men believe that they're most likely able to take on a medium-sized dog. Ralph, so when you look at this graph, right, it goes all the way up from rat all the way up to grizzly bear. So let's start. So can you can you beat a rat in a fight? Absolutely. And who are the 24% of men that do not think they can? Who are they, George? I'm I'm not, I'm not saying that because I'm not are they, in trouble. Are are they opt out people? <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. Like, are they are they? I'd rather not be in this situation. I'm opting out of this narrative. Yes. Or do you think there are people that are saying like, no, nah, a rat would fuck me up? No, no, no. They they are opt out people. They're like, I would die if I saw a rat. I think I think that those are the people. 
like if I see a rat, I'm running. There is yes. no fight. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Cause if it came down to it, like your life or theirs, you're going to beat a rat. You better be able to beat a rat. Right. All right. Um, house cat. Yes. They weigh eight pounds. Yeah. Not, not, not even a goose. I have been in a conflict with a goose. <laughs> of course you have. Of course you have. Uh, hey, they don't. Th- you can't play scary. around with birds, though, dude. And they don't really fly all that. Like the type of Canadian geese, they'll you know yeah. they, they they'll take off. But some of these big geese, like they don't they want to attack from the ground. Yeah, it's just they, they got a small head. It's a it's a hard target. But if you clock them, they will chill out. Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. But they are aggressive. They're for sure aggressive. Yes. Medium-sized dog. All day. Yeah. Uh, yes. Easy, easy, easy work. But you might, but a medium-sized dog, like, you might take some wounds, though. Oh, yeah. 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 Because um, pit bulls are medium-sized dogs. Yes. And, and they I've are athletic as hell. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, an, an eagle. Are we fist fighting? Like, do, do do I get a tennis racket or something? Yes. I'm, no, no, no. All of these are bare, barehanded. Okay. Then you, or, then you or, can, or something that you can pick up off the ground, like a random, like something that's near you. Okay. This is 50, 50. Cause you got to let the Eagle get you in order to like you, you have to, the eagle has to get its talons around your arm for you to then squeeze feathers, take it to the ground, put a knee on its neck, and and end it. It's a yeah. third. It's a like it's a thirteen to fifteen pound. It, like it's scary yeah. as hell. I don't know if it was a golden eagle yes. up close. Yeah, my you, lord. But you if you do it wrong, da- you will have to take damage yes. to get the eagle. But yes, you you can still beat 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 an eagle. And truthfully, how the hell is an eagle going to kill you anyway? Like it's it, it would take too long. Um, a large dog. Oof. Um, I think there's a lot of large dogs that are actually not as scary as medium dogs. Um, How about a mastiff? Like we're talking mastiff. Yeah, I think like these I dogs think, are like get up to like two thirty, two two forty. This is gonna be awful. But like, as long as you make the fight last eight years, they're gonna die anyway. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so I'm I'm out, live long. I'm out on a large dog, dude. Because, uh, well, actually, uh, dude, large large dogs are fucking large, dude. They like it weighs almost as much as I do. A large dog. Yeah, but it's going to be like that. What's that one online video where they mistook it for an Oakland Raiders offensive lineman? They're bigger. You got a bigger target. Yeah. Probably a little less athletic. Bigger mouth. Mm, I don't know about that. All right. King Cobra. I'm, they're not. They're they're huge, but they're not that bad. Like if you see all these videos of people in India like playing with, or American Pentecostals whipping snakes around their head. If you if you have a plan, you're going to be fine. Yeah, I agree with that. Chimp chimpanzee. This is a scary one because yeah. they're strong the as teeth. hell. Strong and they got the teeth. Yeah, dude. No, I cannot beat up a chimpanzee. Like I, I think my chances are extremely low. And on this graph, they got men and women at twelve. Uh, men at twenty two percent, dude. That's outrageous. Twenty two percent of men cannot beat up a fucking chimp chimpanzee. I think I think where you would probably if you were if you actually like had experience kicking 
I think you could probably handle a chimpanzee because that's the one thing that th- what are they going to do about that? Yeah, no, bro. A chimp? No, sorry. You gonna catch your leg, dude? Uh, you got no. Doc, they're, doc, they're like six times as strong as a human being. If I've got Doc Martens on, I'm stomping a chimp out, bro. You you have lost your mind. Uh, next up. Kang- kangaroo. I like my chances versus a kangaroo because I've seen enough videos of people swinging on kang- kangaroos. There, but so that, hey, this is the thing. Some kangaroos are enormous. Some male kangaroos are like they're huge. They're like two hundred and fifty pounds, and they got Michael Pittman biceps. Like they're they're huge. Yeah. Um, and I so I don't know like. I've seen those videos of people swinging on kangaroos and it's not, it's not like the kangaroos fought back. Exactly. They just kind of quit. And so could you make a kangaroo quit? No. Oh yes. Yes. I think I can punch them hard enough to make them quit. So we will speed up on the rest. So wolf, crocodile, gorilla, elephant, lion, and grizzly bear. Can you take any of those? Absolutely not. I've seen people sneak up on a crocodile and like grab the, the, how they can't open their jaw. Yeah. But then what do you do? Like, where do you go from there? You need uh, at least some tape. Yeah. I got two hands. I'm holding its mouth. And then what? Like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> it, then it's going to start ro- rolling. And how long can you hold on while yeah. it's barrel, barrel rolling? I'm genuinely upset by the 8% of women and 9% of men that think that they could take a gorilla, though. Like... <laughs> If you if the question was could you last twelve seconds against against a gorilla, then eight to nine percent would make sense. But like, you can't. Do these people think they have? Have you they seen must a think gorilla? They have a mach- oh my god! Oh my god! Dude, I've seen a gorilla up close at a zoo where I had like behind the scenes, and I was like, oh no, 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 a silverback gorilla. Any type of gorilla, or gorilla, orangutan, don't it? I already said no to a chimpanzee, so damn sure no to a gorilla. But an, an elephant, what the hell are you going to do to an elephant? Hope? Take a good, what do you, unless you have a gun, what do you, what do you, what are you going to do versus an elephant? Get it, uh, get it drunk like Dumbo. <laughs> yeah. So the, uh, the next thing on the best of social media is this right here. This was amazing. This is how your fast food is served. Chick-fil-A, they give you a... It's a Burger King? King. I don't eat a burger. I haven't been eating a Burger King in probably 15 years. Yeah, it's been a while for me. Popeyes? Yes, that's how Popeyes treats you. Are, is he lying? Um, no. I mean, the McDonald's, it, it's exact. Usually you still get a bunch of fries in the cup. You want to talk about fries in the bag, it's five guys. Oh, I love five guys, dude. I'm all in on five guys. Um, but you got to admit, like, they, they, what's the point of even having a cup for the fries at five because, guys? Because, no, they give you extra. They fill the cup up, and the, the, then they give you bonus fries, bro. So why have a cup? There's more. There's it more makes fries you feel the better to get bonus fries, dude. 
It's an emotional thing. It's they not a bo- you- it, that's a Wall Street bonus. That's a 150% of your original amount bonus. Exactly. That's a bonus. All right. Next thing up. Boss mom. This mom is an absolute boss, bro. This lady is a is a hero. Dude, so these men are trying to catch the ball. She's like, listen, I'm not a she goes up with she has no fear. She's got confidence. She's holding a baby with a helmet. Her baby skull is not fully formed yet, and the lady has no doubt about whether she can catch this ball or not. She is a superhero. Look at the way she's tracking it with her eyes. Dude, that like, was- that's impressive. Yes. And and I mean, what a shot also. Yep. Yeah. Like that's got to go. That's got to be framed framing, on the yes. mantle in the house. Yeah. Yes. And be like, yeah, your mom's a badass. Um, now here's here's a badass who's going to jail. Is now at third. Tommy Pham, who reached on an error, is at second. I feel fairly shallow. Is that a sucker punch? Hmm. Okay, so the clip you just showed for the people who just listened to the podcast version of it was there was a there was a, a San Diego Padres fans. It looked like you sitting down the rock pile in Coors Field, my favorite field to watch a, a baseball game. Love it out there. Um, went there on day one of my honeymoon to to catch a Rockies game, um, and the Padres fan walks a full row over to a Rockies fan who is sitting down. The Rockies fan stands up. And it's an immediate punch. Knocks him out. Like, unconscious knocks him out. And then he gets piled on by all the Rockies fans. Um, I want to say yes. I want to say that it's a sucker punch, but I don't think based on the replies to all the videos of that that were put out there that that's the popular opinion. If you are going to get in a fight with somebody, they need to know it's a fight coming. Otherwise, it's a sucker punch. It, it's more of a sucker punch if they don't see you coming. Like, like if they turn a corner and then you punch them in the face. That's a true sucker punch. But this, if we're just planning to to argue, then... But at the same time, if somebody approaches me like that, I am going to be in a defensive stance. Like, once you enter my, my airspace, because this happened to me. This happened to me when I was playing in the Jacksonville, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I got in a fight with Troy Edwards over some shady, gross stuff that he did. And, and, but I actually picked the fight, right? I actually picked the fight because I said something to him that I knew was going to start a fight. 100%. One, there was no way that this could not start a fight, what I said to him. And I did it on purpose. It was knowingly. And so he came around and we were on a slope, right? Like we're on a slope. I'm standing here. He's coming this way because we were in the team meeting room. And I underestimated how close that, you know, because we're on a slant. So when he lunged, I went to go back and he still punched me in the face. Right. But then I dove on top of him and whooped his ass. 
And but he did. He hit me with with a shot, and I ended up with a little mark for a, a, a couple years before it took time to go away. And but but was it was was that a sucker punch? No, because I knew we were getting ready to fight. But I don't think this dude knew that he was getting ready to get in a fight. I think he thought he was getting into an argument. I'm with you. I do not. I do not believe that he could have even had the ability to know a fight was coming because it happened so fast. Um, unless he said something like let's go or something like that. Like, I, I don't know, but that to me, the Padres fan is getting a lot of love online for having a, for, for his form and the one bunch knockout and stuff like that. And I don't, I don't think that's right. I don't think that there's anything I I'm not, I'm not big into like, I'm not big into violence anyway. Like if two people agree, then to me, that's not like that's a that's an, a consent issue, right? Like both of both of these people are in conflict and they both agreed that that's what's going to go down. And I think what the Padres fan would have had to do is he was approaching is saying, like, let's go. And if the dude is up for it, then that's when you, you, you can throw that that right hand. But like. Yeah, I don't know. That's assault, brother. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is a jailable offense, and he deserves it. He deserves what's coming to him. What uh, do you think of all the people who piled onto it? That that would have been me. I would have gone gone to jail for whooping his ass because he's totally out of pocket. Totally out of pocket. Um, the last thing on the best of social media is Ralph's favorite. His favorite artist in the whole world, Ben Garrison. Coming with woke Disney. My favorite artist. So I didn't really know who Ben Garrison was like that. But now I'm sitting here like, I mean, I guess like this. Does does somebody pay for this? He so you remember the days of reading the newspaper, George? He's a newspaper cartoonist. So, but he just posts his online, and they're all uh, ultra conservative. Well, I'm just saying, who makes? How does he make money off of this? I mean, I are know. enough people buying this? That's a really, really good question. I don't honestly like. I don't know how cartoonists make money anyway. Um, but I would assume that. I don't know. It makes me want to see through unless like, he's drawing we... things for books and all that kind of kind of stuff. Like, are there? Yeah, are there conservative publications that, or maybe? Yeah, okay, okay. So I'm on his website right now, and on his website he has shop and donate. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's got places to. So we, people buy original prints from him, which I don't know why you would want any, any. Of these, even if uh, even the best cartoonists in the world, like I bought a book of Family Circus once, <laughs> but I'm not, you know, I don't know. I, I, political cartoons have been part of the um, thread of our society. It's part of free speech. I love it. Um, but these are these are objectively bad. And the one that you put up on the screen of woke Disney has some stuff in it that that makes me laugh pretty hard. It has the Black Lives Matter horn. Which sounds like it'd be a fun ride. I would ride that. That sounds cool. It has the socialist carousel where it says free rides. Yeah. Which made me laugh. Yeah. Um, and, and then it has uh, 
Mickey Mouse going full Padres fan and knocking out Donald Duck with the caption, take your Snow White privilege and get out of here. Um, which that's not Snow White, that's Donald Duck. So I guess he's just commenting on his feather colors. Yeah. We would never say the M word. Yeah. So one of the dwarves is saying they would never say the M word, which I'm assuming is Mouse. Mickey or Mouse? Yeah, I, I don't know. But he is, yeah, so that's the best of social media for today. You guys, this is Reister Wrong. I'm George Reister. He is Ralph Amsden. Catch you guys on Monday. Go back and listen to all the rest of the podcast. This week was awesome. Rachel Barbeau, not Baraboo, Barbeau, um, on here. And shoot us a text, an email, all of that. Peace out. Catch you guys on Monday. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.